Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the FIFA Play On podcast. I'm Alvaro Soler, one half of your hosting team. Let me tell you what we've got coming up today. Annie and I are joined by an amazing Irish musician with an equally amazing life story. We've got another super fascinating trip around the world in our look back at World Cups of previous years and today's versus battle you don't want to miss. Annie and I test our lyrical skills in a football-themed rap battle. Yes, stay tuned for all of that. Let's go into our backstage section and find out who our guest is this week. Hello and welcome to Backstage, the part of the podcast where we interview a musical guest about their music, life and maybe even a little bit of football. Today's guest is singer-songwriter Dermot Kennedy. Dermot has become the best-selling Irish artist of his generation with his debut album sitting at number one for a total and hold on to this 27 weeks. That is just incredible. Also being part of uh, super shows like Tiny Desk, which I love personally, and also Colors, which I'm a big fan of. So welcome, Dermot. What's up? Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's <laughs> great to have you. Great to talk to you. Where are you now? I am in New York right now, putting the finishing touches on my album. Nice. We're playing, we played a festival in Austin, Texas last weekend, and we're playing it again this weekend. So just in America for the month, working on music and working on nice. just doing like a couple of shows. Yeah. Damn it. You cite David Gray, Damien Rice and Glenn Hansard as inspirations for your music. How would you describe your own musical style? Yeah, it's a good question because it's definitely not that, right? Like I, I feel like I was definitely inspired by artists like that when I was younger and then I feel like I still held on to those core values of like storytelling and being passionate when you play this music and being honest when you write but in the meantime I kind of have found a really deep love for hip-hop and 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 have taken from that such powerful storytelling stuff like that I, I'm inspired by the same things across all different genres I think if I see someone telling a story passionately I'm just into it I don't really mind what genre it is you know yeah, amazing. Dermot, you started uh, your music career busking with 17, which is which is amazing and I think, you know, I I know exactly what that is and it's and it's really good for, you know, the live performance, the playing on the streets, the kind of playing for people who actually kind of don't care and then seeing if they stop or not and it's it's a good exercise sure. for later, you know, for for festivals. That was a long time ago and and your success came a little later. Uh, did you set yourself a limit or something because I had in my case I set myself a two-year limit. And I said, okay, if I don't make it professionally as a musician here, then I'm going to find something else to work uh, on. Or, you know, I don't know. I wanted to buy my, you know, my girlfriend a ticket to the cinema and I wasn't able to. Sure. I was trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. let off music. So how did you handle that? I, I didn't have a limit, but also I wouldn't say that I was trying to be successful. Do you know what I mean? Like that was never mm -hmm. the goal. I just... I was very happy to be playing music. If that was on the street in Dublin, if I got a gig in a bar in Dublin or a venue, that was great. Cool. But um, I knew what I was pushing for. Don't get me wrong. Like there was always a dream. I don't know. I was very, I felt very present in that sense in that I was just like, today I'm playing on the street and that's where I'm at and that's fine. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. And uh, I never worried too much about where I was headed. Now I am conscious of the fact that I'm very lucky to be able to do that, right? Because like I was living in my parents' place and I, I, it wasn't a sort of like do or die thing. 100%. And so I had the luxury of just doing it until it worked. I'd be doing it now, you know, if it didn't work. Of course, I'd have to do something else. I did plenty of like funny, silly jobs and like stuff that really like was heartbreaking sometimes. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> you just have to do it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that, that definitely speaks to me when, you're, when your passion becomes your work. You know, it doesn't feel like work for sure. So love that. I think about it now in terms of like the amount of just even trying to 
like be in a studio. Like I, I spent all day in a studio in New York yesterday, full of pianos and guitars and stuff. And it's something that's very easy for me to take for granted nowadays. But like, mm -hmm. that was insane to me at right. one point. I was playing in the street just to raise money to get in a studio like that. So yeah, the wow. fact that you can just cruise in there now, I, I think it's mad. I mean, it's nice to have those moments. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. have something like to kind of go back to that and not forget about the, you know, uh, being grateful because I, I mean, now you, you said it already. So I guess you're a very grateful man for all, you know, that's happening to you right now. Um, so is it, do you have like moments where you say, Oh, oh it's time to be grateful again. You know, I can't, I can't take this for granted. This is crazy. For sure. Every day it's like, I don't know, doing all these, like even the schedule I get and you have certain people being like, Oh, uh, that's crazy. Like that's such hard work, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's really not like I'm traveling to play music mm -hmm. and like <laughs> I'm traveling yes. to play music to like see people hang out with people do the thing i love like yes you got to look after yourself and you can get tired and blah 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 but like i'm very lucky yeah it's a gift to do what you love to do for sure mm -hmm. um i want to talk to you a bit about football mm -hmm. you've mentioned that you're an avid football fan and i've seen that you met uh a bit of a legend irish legend Roy Keane, recently sure at your gig so gaelic football did you play a lot growing up With Gaelic football, I, I, I played when I was a kid, but I it sort of, it went, it sort of fell to the side because I was just so mad into football, football. And yeah, I mean, like, talk about music and how grateful I am every day. That's not to say I wouldn't, like, drop everything to play football professionally. <laughs> not that I ever could. I Like, I was never at that level. And also, coming from Ireland, like, it's such a tiny percentage of people ever get that shot, right? And and it's literally, like, right. 0.0001% of people go on to become the likes of Roy Keane and Seamus Coleman and, like, actual top players. And um, it was never realistic. And it was weird because with the music, it's probably similar odds, right? But I just didn't care because I knew I was good. Right. But with football, yeah, I just, I played it up until 24, 25 wish I was still playing. I think I definitely underestimate how much it did for me mentally, you know, to just have my mm -hmm. sort of like to just the balance. Cause even when I'm on stage, yeah. When I'm on stage, I'm still thinking, right? Like I'm still thinking about life and if anything, it's where I think most intensely and it's where I sort of go deepest. And so that can be quite uh, taxing emotionally. And, and football mm. is the only thing I can think of in my whole life where I literally just get full clarity and I don't think about anything I have going on. Nothing bothers me. Um, wow. And so I think I really do miss that because I used to do it, what, like three, four times a week when I was playing. And um, nowadays I just don't get that. I honestly don't get that. So it's, it's very, very rare that I have moments of like true serenity. And I think sport was that for me. Yeah. Who's your team? What team do you support? I, I used to support United like intensely when I was a kid. But um, when Roy Keane left, I kind of slowly, my interest waned. <laughs> I work with Roy for ITV doing um, obviously the punditry and he's such a lovely man. You know, he's so nice, but obviously his persona on TV is completely sure. different. Like how was it when you, when he, you know, he came to your gig, like that must've been amazing after being a Man United fan. And sure. I remember meeting say Justin Vernon from Bonnie Vare, who to me is like my favorite songwriter mm. to ever exist. And when incredible, I sort of like harassed him when he was getting off his tour bus about 10 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> and when I was taking a photo of my friend with him my ha like my hands were shaking and I couldn't it was an entirely new feeling I was like I've never been this person before but I literally couldn't control my hands and uh <laughs> but uh, funnily enough with Roy Keane it wasn't like that and obviously like I'm further on in life so I think I'm just less likely to do that anyway but also 
I don't know. He's just a nice guy, right? Like he, my mom and dad were there too. And yeah. I honestly didn't talk to him too much because my mom and dad are huge fans of his too. That's kind of how I became a fan of him. And um, right. and they were just chatting away to him. And I, I loved that. I loved to just kind of look over and see my dad like sitting chatting to Roy Keane. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, and nice. it was interesting because <laughs> Darren Fletcher, who I did soccer aid with, he was at the gig as well. He just knows Roy well. And he was just like, he was the one that kind of forced him to come back to the dressing room because Roy Keane apparently was kind of like, I don't want to impose. He did his thing. I don't want to get in the way. And Darren Fletcher was like, come on, come on, right. come on. Like he was the one that dragged him back. And he said to me, like, once he's in the room, he's the nicest guy in the world. But it's just about actually getting him in the room. Getting him there. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, man, your recent uh, single Better Days, I mean, has just gone through the roof. And I just wanted to know because I, I I really love that song. I'm a I'm a big fan also since you know um, uh, Power Over You. Nice. Um, which I have a, a little anecdote for later. But first, I want to know you know the inspiration behind uh, Better Days. At this time of the year, I've played this song live to crowds for like two months, right? And so the song is mm. even finding a new meaning with me because uh, it wasn't a COVID sort of anthem to me. That wasn't what I was trying to do at all. <laughs> but then yeah. when I look out at the crowd. I think like, oh, this is sort of exactly what this means, right? Like this is, if I sing that lyric in the chorus, like I know you've been hurting. Like if I can look at people and sing that, it just, it means a lot, you know? Right. And then you can feel how excited they are to be at shows again right. and all that sort of thing. But for me, that song kind of came came about, the idea was just patience in general. And and it for me, it kind of, like we talked about the busking and stuff, that song was almost like me telling the story of how people looked out for me and reassured me when I was struggling with like the idea that I wouldn't get anywhere, when things felt way more difficult, when things felt like they weren't going well and it was a very long journey. Mm-hmm. It was all that sort of thing about people like the people closest to me like looking out for me. But like I said, now that we're playing that song live, I'm I'm way less worried about like admitting it's like a covid type thing because it's just it is nice like to sing that song and to share that with people after 18 months it just it does it, it's a very strong feeling it's nice i know you've been hurting waiting on a train that just won't come the rain it ain't permanent and soon we'll be dancing in the sun We'll be dancing in the sun I'm gonna sing your song together I'm gonna sing your song together It sounds to me, Dermot, like, you know, everything's had the right timing for you. You know, even with your song, you're saying you didn't write it with the intention of it being an anthem in a really difficult time, but the timing made it become what it was. And, you know, what you're saying about having to kind of wait for your break and you earned it and now your time is here, you know? And I hope so. I think about this quite a bit <laughs> in terms of like, in terms of like fate or destiny, whatever it might be. I think about the fact that like I'm 29 and there's other people who are like 23, 24 and I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. But then I, I try and just put it out of my head and I'm like, no, everything happens at the right time. And even now the tours we did in the past, I just stand in one place on the stage. I, I was like static for the whole show. Whereas now when we play, I'm like walking around and interacting. And right. what happens to me then, because I'm quite ambitious, I find myself being like, I should have been doing this two years ago. Like I should be further along with this type of stuff. And then I just try my best to be like, no, like this is happening at the right time. This makes sense. Just chill and accept everything as it comes. And 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 obviously there's certain decisions that make it that way. And there's certain good luck and bad luck that change your path. So you just got to just 
roll with it to some extent. Man, I think I totally feel you because I, I am exactly the same way. I'm always like yeah. thinking, man, oh, we shouldn't have done this this way. It could have been better. We should have foreseen this. Then I get mad at myself and my team. Maybe we're all like, oh, this can't be happening. And and I, I think, you know, uh, what I did in quarantine was I, I rewatched right. all the uh, music videos that I've done so far. And <laughs> yeah, then I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is horrible. You know, this is who, why didn't anyone tell me, like, don't like move, man. Or I've never seen it. Why didn't I've anyone done. tell me, you know, the, I don't know, the, your hair or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, good, it's a good thing to sometimes not do it. And then when I rewatched it, I, you know, I have a song called Sophia and I, I um, at the same time I, I did it there, right. I recorded another music video with a, with a boxing girl, sure. you know, Cuba is very, you know, known for boxing and it was a kind of a fighter song. Yeah. And then the, the other day I was watching your, your music video for Power Over Me and then I see this, see, oh, this looks like Cuba. Oh yeah, cool. And then I see, and then I see, oh, this looks like the girl from, really? what? that's the girl from the video. No <laughs> so it's the same girl, actually, man. We're sharing <laughs> the same actress, the boxing actress in Cuba. What are the chances? Yeah, that is crazy. What are the odds? You know? <laughs> so last year you, you gave an amazing performance at uh, Soccer Aid for UNICEF. Was, was you were named man of the match, <laughs> which shows your, your multi-talents. How did it feel performing um, on the pitch compared to the stage? Were you were you nervous? Was it a similar feeling? It's not a similar feeling. It's uh, it's just so much more visceral and real, or something. You know what I mean? Like that idea, and even that's in soccer. Right? Like this is a very casual standard of football, and so right. I don't know. Like when you're on stage, everybody's the same. Like anyone I know who's a professional athlete. They're like, oh man, I'd love to do music. Like you're so lucky what you do, blah, blah, blah. Right. And and then I find myself being like, what I would give to play in front of 50,000 people yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And what I really miss from playing is that sense of competition and the just that release. And, um, right. and I think about music and it's like, you don't really get that. Of course, there's a release and there's an emotional sort of detox, but it's not competitive. You know, no one's trying to like shoulder you to take the mic stand off. You're like, it's very sort of <laughs> calm and, and it's all based on sensitivity and love and collaboration. And that's a lovely thing, but also sometimes I just miss that aggression. Yeah. And, and that's what I might try to do when I go to your show, you, you expect somebody just grabbing your mic yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I won't be ready, but yeah, it's just, it, it, I just, I don't know. Something that literally it's all the sort of, it's all the dreamy type of stuff, like the smell of the grass, the floodlights, all that stuff. To me, that's just a really, really, really beautiful world. And yeah. I would like to do it more often. I was asked to play at Soccer Aid, Were you? but I couldn't play this year. And I always I always get really nervous because it's obviously meant to be charity, right? But actually, it gets a little bit spicy at times. You sure. know, like if you're yeah, not yeah. meant someone, someone gets a bit... Did, did you feel that sense? Did you feel like it was a charity game or did you feel like actually... A bit of both. It gets a bit gets a bit competitive that's the thing you need to know who's who right <laughs> and oftentimes with the pros they've had their days of like flying into tackles and they're like they're not afraid of any tackle but they're done they're not trying to do it at a unicef game do you know what i mean like it's just pointless like they've had their important <laughs> moments like that so whereas i think yeah. sometimes the celebs who the celebs get a bit wound up and <laughs> yes. think it's the Champions League final and all that sort of thing. So like, yeah, <laughs> so you do have to be careful sometimes. But I was saying that recently. Yeah, sometimes you're not sure about whether it's a sort of a half jokey thing and you just like barely get stuck in versus like if someone's going to try and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. German, we're going to pass on to like quick fire. And we want the first thing that pops into your mind. What's your first music memory? Singing Garth Brooks. 
in my underpants as a child uh, in in front of my parents. Nice. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, Garth Brooks is an absolute sensation in Ireland. He, uh, not for some reason, like he's great, but as like a American country musician, he is just enormous. He's doing like, I think he's trying to do five nights at Crow Park, which is 80,000 people each night. So oh my God. there's something where like one in however many Irish people have a ticket, basically. It's mental. <laughs> And what, what was your first record you bought? The first record I bought was an album called Setlist by an Irish band called The Frames. Lead singer is Glenn Hansard. I saw them play on TV years and years and years ago. And um, I, it just blew me away. And it was the first time I think I was truly, truly affected by music. And so I just made my mother bring me out the next day and I bought the CD and I still have it. I still have it. Amazing. And do you have any pre-gig rituals, Dermot? Is there anything you do specifically before each gig? I'm trying to be a bit more professional these days because in the past we would just stand around, right? Like and, and mess around and do stupid stuff, drink whiskey and like play some random game. And uh, <laughs> whereas now I like, I warm up two hours before the gig and I actually do a physical warm up now, which is... Uh, a whole new world for me, but it's really interesting. Like literally stuff like this. I know this is a podcast that is completely useless for everybody. Yeah, Dermot's touching his face. his mouth around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, just like easing out all the muscles in your face, right? And so that's like part of my more boring ritual. But honestly, we just kind of meet up 15 minutes before I go on stage, drink a little bit of whiskey. It's a very, 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 very laid back environment. It is not at all like everybody like give a speech and go crazy. Like the, we're very calm. You know, let's go to the future. Uh, what do you have coming up for the next year? I couldn't tell you. I don't know what I'm doing for the next week. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we'll do another gig in Texas on Friday. Yeah, do another gig in Texas on Friday. Then I go to LA for a week, finish the album, go back to London for a couple of things for two days, then come back to New York, then play a festival in Atlanta. And then I kind of couldn't tell you beyond that. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to tour extensively until next May which honestly I don't hate. I think the pandemic showed me like, oh no, maybe there's a balance to be struck right. there. So, uh, so we'll see. And, um, but I love it too. So I do want to get back out there. Well, damn it. A friend of mine was at your gig. I think it was last week or a few weeks ago in London. Yeah. She said it was amazing. Nice she posted pretty much every moment on her Instagram. So <laughs> your schedule sounds incredible. It's been so great to hear from you and all of your success so far. And I know you're just going to keep building on that. So thank you so much for joining us today for FIFA Play On. It's, um, it's been amazing to talk to you. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much. Thank you. All the best. Song together. I'm going to sing your song together. I'm going to sing your song together. I'm going to sing your song together. Dermot Kennedy there. Wow, lovely guy. Great storyteller too. And talking of great stories, it's that part of the show where we go back in time and hear a few great World Cup stories from a very special guest. It's time for Around the World. Hey everyone, welcome to Around the World, the part of our show where we go back in time to explore one person's FIFA World Cup memories and hear a few stories of what made that World Cup extra special to them. This week, we chat to Australian goalkeeper Lydia Williams to see which tournament sticks out in her mind. For me personally, it would have been one that I was involved with was 2015 when we played it in Canada. And that was our best finish ever by the, you know, the Matildas. 
During that time, I was one of the more established members. I think, gosh, that's going back six years now. So I was probably kind of, you know, 27, 26, 27 and kind of playing a lot and really kind of kicking off my overseas career and everything. So that was probably where I was kind of feeling really established and, and kind of solid. Australia had been steadily improving in the international women's game through the 90s and 2000s. And the mainstream Australian press and public had started to pay them the attention they deserved. I think we kind of captured a nation then. We actually, it was the first time I think we had like Australian-based news reporters actually fly over from, you know, not just get like secondary reports. They were there talking to us and filming us. And that was the first time they were like, wow, we can actually do something special here. As one of the more established members of the squad, Lydia had played at FIFA World Cups before. But the expanded competition meant that more countries and more cultures were represented at that tournament. I think the first time like Cameroon was uh, qualified. So they had that like really colorful like red, green and yellow strip. It was so beautiful and obviously all the African fans coming over just playing music all the time. Uh, we actually played against Nigeria in the group stage. So that culture of like drums and beats and hearing them walk around change rooms singing and playing, you know, their music and kind of the appreciation of how they they love their game and how they show their love for it. That was kind of like really, I guess, nice. And then obviously you get all the, it's in Canada, so you get all the Americans there. So it's just like a whole big mishmash of like cultures that were just like so open and could walk streets and travel everywhere. So it was kind of really beautiful seeing like so many different cultures come together. There was music from all over the world, but in the Australian dressing room, things were getting crunk. I mean, I think we actually played like Turbulence by like Lil John or something like that. We had turbulence! It was, it was something pretty like headbanging that we would go out there and actually bounce around to. Whatever it was that they were playing in the Matilda's locker room, it had the desired effect on the pitch when they met Brazil in the knockout stages. We asked Lydia about the dramatic closing minutes of that match. Kaya's goal against Brazil, you know, we were about to go into extra time and it was about 50-50 blows for us and, and Brazil. And then, yeah, we just got a moment of magic. We, we made it through the, the next round and it was the, the highest finish um, any Australian team has ever made. So it's, it, that was probably it. Australia! might be on the edge of football history here. Australia was defeated by the defending champions Japan in the next round. But rather than let that spoil her tournament, Lydia stayed on for the full football fan experience. Yeah, I actually got to, um, I stayed on. We got knocked out um, after the Brazil game against actually Japan. And I stayed to watch the final with the US and Japan. Rapino's driven ball in towards Lloyd! What a start for the United States! Being around in the crowd as a spectator has such a different feel than as an athlete. And here they come again, the long-range effort from Lloyd! Oh my goodness! It's a hat-trick! It was just kind of cool just being able to talk to whoever and be a part of like, oh, that was a good play, oh no, that was bad! And you're like, oh yeah, this is fun! So that was kind of a new experience as well. Amazing stories right here. I felt I'd been back in time. 
Anyway, on to the World Cup. We're getting closer and closer. And with that in mind, attention is turning to tickets. Millions of fans are expected in Qatar for the FIFA World Cup. The big ticket games are going to be incredibly popular, of course. But there will be lots of interest in all the matches, with fans arriving from all across the globe. So don't miss out. Make sure you check out the FIFA website for ticketing updates. I can't wait to be there, and I hope you will be there too for this brilliant football festival. Now the moment you've all been waiting for. It's this time of the week. Yeah. It's Versus time. All right, everyone, this is Versus, and this is the section of our show where my co-host and I go head-to-head. So Annie and me, we're going to set a different challenge each week, and just like in a football matchup, the winner takes three points, one is for a draw, and the loser gets a big fat zero. So we're going to add up the points after each challenge to see how we're going in the FIFA Play-On Podcast League. And then we're going to see who'll be crowned the eventual FIFA Play-On Podcast versus champion. So what do we have this week, Annie? Oh, Alvaro, I'm so excited for this challenge. This could be make or break. This is pressure on you. You're a professional singer. Today, we're going to be sharing a short clip of an iconic World Cup moment. And then we're given five minutes to write an eight-line rap Mm. describing that moment. And we will be judged by the VAR on skill, creativity and finesse. Our referee for today is our producer, Tom. Say hello, Tom. What's up, Penny? How's it going, Alvaro? Okay, don't judge us too harshly on this one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Alvaro, this is literally your musical reckoning. Oh, my God. Uh... This, this could be it for you. I mean, for me, you know, I'm not a singer. I'm not expected to come up with bars. You are. You write bars for a living. Yes, I don't write raps, though. But it's okay. It might be my breakthrough, you know? After this, I might get a feature with Stormzy and stuff, you know? So, it's, uh, you never know. <laughs> this is this is going to be tough. I'm I'm nervous about this one for sure. Okay. So the moments we're choosing to drop our bars about are Robin van Persie's diving header for the Netherlands against Spain in 2014 for a goal. It has all the hallmarks of an iconic goal, a raking assist from Daley Blind, an ingenious finish from a striker at the peak of their powers, and rapturous celebrations. Then we have Lucy Bronzer's screamer from the edge of the box for England against Norway in 2015's FIFA Women's World Cup. An absolute rocket of a shot that completed a comeback to send the Lionesses through to the quarterfinals. Andreas Iniesta's extra time winner from the 2010 FIFA World Cup that gave Spain their first ever World Cup final win. Yes. Woo! Good for Spain. Or Brazilian striker (laughs) Marta's incredible flick skill and slick finish for Brazil in the 2007 World Cup against the USA. We've got two beats to choose from. We're going to keep it old school or we're going to spit over a trap beat. So, Annie, what moment you're going to choose? The one that stands out for me is Marta's goal in the 2007 World Cup. Just out of this world skill. Obviously, it's women's football, so I was close to it. I played in that World Cup. We'd been eliminated by this time, so I was watching on a ridiculous goal that is probably one of the best World Cup goals of all time. I mean, to do a flick there is kind of incredible. I'm going to actually take the one from from Spain, if anyone... Of course. ...had guessed. So, Alvaro, musician, singer... You, this is your yes. This is your lane. This is what no, you do. Not. I feel like this is a massive disadvantage here. So, you put songs together. You write songs. So, what beat are you gonna go for? Are you gonna go for old school, new school? I don't write any rap songs. You know, <laughs> that's a totally different genre. So, same thing. Same thing. I feel like I'm a, a bit of a of a hard moment. You know, this is we're speaking in English. You know, everything's. I am here. I'm the Spanish guy here. You know, this is not my native oh, language. Oh, here we I'm, go. I'm not trying to give any excuses, you know, but I'm I'm looking forward to this rap. 
I chose the modern rap, although I think, you know, because I grew up listening to a lot of Eminem and uh, Jay-Z and stuff like that. I don't know if my rap's going to be a fresh one. Probably not. But it's going to be on the fresh beat to keep it as fresh as possible. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> what about you? Well, I've gone for the modern trap beat. Yeah. I'm a big grime fan. I'm a big mm. fan of, like, Kano and Stormzy and Getz. I feel like their cadence and the way they rap is kind of in my head when I hear that kind of beat. So I'm going to try and pay homage to, to these guys that do it so well. Let's take a few minutes to get our bars correct. We'll come back and do the rap battle. Let's go. It's okay if you just want to cancel the podcast after this moment. <laughs> All right, I'm going for the... Yeah, I'm going to do like an intro kind of thing, you know, like, yeah, mm, stuff, okay? I'm going for it, yeah. I hope it's recording. <laughs> FIFA play on, damn. Huh. Annie, let's go, yeah, uh. 2010 was a big year, yeah, I was a fan. Tick a tock, I fly in Dutch a man, having some trouble laying, dribbling. Like world champions, we keep our head in the game. Keep our head in the game, yeah, uh, uh, it's about time. No offside here, this game's legit, uh, yeah, cause Spain is here, we're so damn lit, ooh, and who's this dude? Hey, shit, Siniesta, pass, shoot, go, it's freaking Fiesta! Incredible, scenes, big up, that was sick. Oh my god. So we don't need a second take on that. No, sure. this is the only take I'm going to do. Like. <laughs> that was amazing. The grunting, the okay. grunting, I can't deal with the grunting. What's, okay. the, what's the grunting? The first part, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, okay. Okay, I'm ready. Classic goal. World Cup 2007, I had to rap about it. Etch in my memory, this goal will forever be ridiculous. When Marta twists her up, the audacity. She made a fool of my friend, Tina Ellison tried, but she could never get close again. What on earth happened when Marta flicked the ball? Tina Ellison standing tall on a World Cup stage. What amazing grace and a balance of a ballerina at the Bolshoi Hall. Twisting, turning, chopping, curling, what a goal. And that was her fourth of the game. Dear Marta, after that goal, the World Cup will never be the same. Sick. Damn, I love the intro. Incredible with all of it. I think that was on beat a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I was super amazed, Annie. Like, this is incredible. You dropped those lines and those verses like a pro. And I am like very intimidated by your skills. <laughs> I would be happy, you know, to to have have been here and to let you, you know, take on the crown in this case. I would accept that with like with a big heart. And yeah, well, that's very gracious of you. I mean, I, I just try to draw inspiration from my rap grime. Yeah. Inspirational people. You should do something, you know, featuring Stormzy or something. That would be great. <laughs> Well, it sounds like we've got a concession here. It sounds like Alvaro thinks he's defeated. Like, I was going to send it over to the VAR referees to uh, cast judgment, but... Let's send it, yeah, let's send it. But I think this is a good, you know, a good moment to acknowledge some new talent, you know. Over to the VAR. So we've got finesse, oh, yeah. creativity, and we've got skill. So I think both of you, uh, uh, the delivery, the finesse, was absolutely incredible from both of you. 
both on beat like I know both of you aren't professional rappers so to deliver with that kind of confidence was amazing thanks referee creativity I know you put these together in a very short amount of time so incredibly creative and I don't know I feel pretty evenly tied on skill as well like, I am tempted to to give this one a draw but I am going to give the three points to Eniola Aluko on this occasion as she is the least experienced rapper and she delivered to such a very high standard. So Exactly. Eni. Incredible. You take the three points. Thank you so much. I feel like I've won a MOBO. Thank you so much. Thank you to my family. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to God. Thank you to, you know, my record label. Thank you to everyone who produced the track and like just you know put me on this moment let's let's uh let's talk about your deal i'm gonna send you a deal over in, in the next hour so you can you can sign to my label if you want wow. <laughs> universal come on universal come on after this incredible rap battle which uh, was totally unexpected and i think you know your your win was totally deserved any that was amazing i actually you know have never heard such a good rap from a footballer before thank you totally deserved three points for you that means you're at 11 points now and i'm at eight so uh we have some catching up to do here in spain well ever i really enjoyed that battle you really pushed my creative levels there mm -hmm. i feel like it was you know you know the movie eight mile Yeah. I feel like it was a little bit like that. This is where so it all begins. This is the, the best three points I think I've ever won mm -hmm. in my career. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you next week. <laughs> I love that versus. I'm so buzzing I took the win. I do think Alvaro and I need to get ourselves some MC aliases, though. If you come up with a good one, let us know on social media. Anyway, that's that for another episode of FIFA Play on Podcast. We all hope you loved listening. Make sure you've subscribed to us on your podcast app of choice. Give us a five-star rating and say some lovely things, obviously. Don't forget to follow me, Alvaro and FIFA on the socials. You'll get to play along with some of our versus challenges. There's bits of video content and you'll have a sneak peek behind the scenes of us recording the podcast. Thanks a lot for joining this week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday. See you soon.